Hey there, welcome to the Pretty Little Tribe podcast, a space to talk about all things life, fertility, parenthood, and everything in between. My name is Elizabeth. I am an international fertility coach, ICF certified life coach, birth and bereavement doula, and new parent educator. Join us as we support the tribe throughout their journey from conception to bringing your new baby home and everything along the way. See you in the episode. Welcome back to the Pretty Little Tribe podcast. I am super excited today to talk to Stephanie Redlener. Thanks for coming to be here with us, Stephanie. So happy to be here. I'm just going to tell you a little bit about her before we jump right in. She's um, the Feminine Intelligence Advisor and the founder of Lioness, an underground society for women leaders. As a sex and leadership coach, her life has been dedicated to helping powerful women lead and live their lives from a place of pleasure, power, and purpose, and has worked with thousands of women globally. She is also a strategic advisor to Fortune 100 companies who want to create better workplaces, especially for women. You can find her information at lioness.com. I love this so much. So thank you for being here. I feel like so much of what you're doing and just what embodied that that brief bio like opens this world of so much more. I don't even know where to start. So tell us a little bit first about Lioness and how you came to be the founder of it. Amazing. So thank you so much. Really, really thrilled to be here. Um, I, yeah, my company started out of my own journey, right? Like I was very much kind of cut to 10 years ago, the kind of woman that looked very successful on the outside. You know, I kind of had the external measures of success down, you know, partnership, job, making six figures. Like it was just like, check, 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 check. Right. And kind of on the inside, I was not at all that, right? I really kind of held very tightly to my chest, like so much indecision, so much deep anxiety, so much just like questioning who I was. And I was like afraid to show it, right? Cause I'd built up this image mm-hmm. uh, of power and strength and put togetherness. And yeah, that's how we're raised to think that that's what we're supposed to do, right? Exactly, exactly. Find the corporate ladder, check all the boxes off. Check the boxes and then now what? And oh gosh, yeah. so- Um, it was really from my own journey that I realized I had no connection to my real pleasure. So i went on this deep, deep pleasure journey. And what does it mean to be a a sexually empowered woman, which like opened up a whole lot of emotions and feelings and things and and all that. So that was one part of it. The other was I started meeting regularly with women. So I was hosting women's circles in my living room and I, um, I realized, and it was a place where we would all share and be vulnerable. And I started to see how much we were all had in sim, we were all similar in so ways, so many ways, right? Like, but there was no place to talk about it. And so I just started putting these pieces together on holy shit, just because like these women were all in power, we're not really in our power, mm-hmm. right? So um I I'm just so excited and dedicated to helping women feel amazing from the inside out and let their like outer life reflect that. I love it. How do you, like, where do you start with somebody? Again, like I would guess that most of those people are coming from corporate lives, you know, previously, right? Again, most of us know, like we measure success, getting out of college, 
finding a good job, making your money, and then you kind of realize, eh, I don't know if this is really the way that I thought it was going to look. I think more people now, the younger generation is doing more entrepreneur work out, out of the gate um, than previously. But where do you start with somebody who's like, I'm realizing I'm not really, you know, living my path passion or I don't even know what my passion is. And to your point, like what is fun? What is pleasurable? Like, how do you start to unlayer that for somebody? Yeah. I mean, it depends on where the, the woman is and I, I work, you know, I've experienced both in corporate and startup. So the leaders I work with are women who are really ambitious and have a big drive. Right. And sometimes that shows up in corporate environments. Sometimes they're founders, sometimes they're senior management positions in startups and, and also entrepreneurs. So it's really across the board, right. It's really that women who have this drive and hustle in them. Right. Mm -hmm. So often like it's like the hustle it's like never enough so I really work I start with a woman on slowing her down and really helping her get clear on what she wants who she is what's important to her what are we building towards right so often I see so many people kind of in the hustle and then 10 years go by and they're like fuck like where am I now what did I do right so going down. I do I work a lot with emotional mastery. So helping women get in tune with their emotions and finding them right, right? Being how do we navigate the feelings of grief and being a leader or the feelings of rage, right? There's that like angry bitch, angry bitch stereotype that we are working against as women who are in power of like, oh, I don't want to be angry because I don't want to be called a bitch. And I'm not right. Mm -hmm. But there's like, there's boundaries hidden in rage, right? There is information. So helping women get clear on what's happening inside of their emotional body um, is another place. And then my work is in coaching and advising and I host dinners and I programs and all stuff like that. So that just that emotional speak part that you were just speaking of, do you do that type of work with people one-on-one -on -one in a group setting? And how, again, how does that start to evolve? So if somebody let I guess answer that question first as a one-on-one -on -one or group or both maybe both. And i love the group like watching uh, like giving space for a woman to feel there's nothing more powerful than a woman who is in her grief or in her anger or in her pleasure right giving us like space to witness each other right it's so often again we're going off of really like patriarchal society that lives outside of us and within us, right? So it's like, we're supposed to cover our emotions. We're not supposed to see. So um, permission to feel. And so like doing that in groups is extremely powerful because if I unlock, it gives you permission to unlock. It gives you mm -hmm. permission, right? So there is a, mm -hmm. a trickle effect. Yeah. And one thing that I know I talk a lot about with my clients is we're, we live a very masculine life as much as we may think that we're, oh, we're feminine because I wear pink or whatever. Like, no, I run my own business. I have for a long time. I pay my own bills or whatever. Maybe you have a partner or you don't, but still we don't realize that the way that we show up is very masculine most of the time. And then having women support each other sometimes feels very threatening in a way, or we haven't grown up in a way that's very supportive of having other women around you to say, this is a safe space. This is a place where you can, you know, really get in touch with your, your own feminine energy and your masculine energy for that matter. Cause it's not bad. It helps us to move forward and have that drive that you were talking about as well. But how do you like help to cultivate that, that sacred space and other women that hold each other up? Because for me, I know that it's still very rare to find groups that 
really are curated in support of that specifically, I guess. Totally. Thank you for saying that. It's like a very big cornerstone in my work, sisterhood, right? I call, mm-hmm. I speak often around sisterhood as a leadership skill because um, when we can like learn to help each other and truly support each other, right? I think, again, there's this narrative that there's room for one of us and like there's one pretty girl in school, there's one this, right? Like this like very old competition sort of stories, a comparison that have put us on the back foot. But there is so much power in being able to celebrate each other and stand for each other um, in life, as well as um, in the boardroom, right? Like I, I actually just recently did this big um, uh, sort of six month program with this company and we did a lot around sisterhood. And what was happening then is there would be two of these women inside a meeting with mostly men and one woman would speak and the other one would be like, that's a good point yeah, I hear you. Or they'd be like, Hey, so what do you think? Right. It starts to put this weave together women in a way that is, uh, more powerful than if we were doing it alone, but yeah. And like, we, I mean, we do brags, we do celebrations, we do reflections, a lot of sort of tools, um, are built around that building that sisterhood muscle. And I think for us to learn on our own and then to pass that down to the next generation, because I think instilling that into our daughters, our nieces, the younger generation of women together of like, we're here to lift each other up as a collective and support each other rather than break each other down because nobody ever had that conversation with me, you know, growing up. And I have four sisters, you know, so I grew up with literally a sisterhood. But it was never a conversation around that. And I know for, I'll speak for me and my sisters, being a girl and going to school, it was hard to your point, like the who's in the clique and who's not. And, you know, you just, you're kind of programmed to know, like, I don't think I trust that person. You know, I, 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 I'm not a hundred percent sure that they were going to have my back and they're not going to stab me in the back later on, you know, at school or whatever it may be. And then that translates up to our our working life and whatever. So it's, I almost feel like it's reprogramming that narrative, right? As far as how we, I mean, I don't have any girls myself, but just how we show up in the world to let other women know that we are safe for each other. Yeah, it's really, really deep. The wound is very, very deep. It's Mm -hmm. like generational and like all of our lives. And this, so it is where we're up against a lot and a Mm -hmm. lot of it. Um, but it really is, it's a powerful tool. And one thing that you just sparked is like, it's really beautiful to witness when a woman unlocks and finds safety in other women, how she automatically, almost without fail, automatically wants to show up and sister other people, right? Once you learn to feel like what it actually feels like to be in a bond with a woman who you can trust and fall into it's so cool to see the ripple effect. So like for all the moms out there listening, right. Especially the moms of girls, once you like have that in your body, then it's just going to be a natural teaching for your kids. Yeah. Do you have any specific advice that you would give to somebody with a daughter or without a daughter who would, what can we do to kind of start this ripple effect, you know, at a basic level to say, you know, I want to, I mean, I don't know. Is it, I want to be your friend. I want to support you. I want to know what you're all about so that I can, I don't know. What, what would you suggest? Um, I knew this. You're the master. I mean, how much time do we have? <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts on uh, mothers of women and mothers of girls. 
but, you know, and I'm, I'm raising a boy and I like love being a boy mom. There's power in both. Right. But, um, I think, um, a little slightly outside the sisterhood thing, but actually, um, for all the moms, how important it is for them to put themselves first, right. As women, we are like constantly, I see this like everywhere, like the caretaker, the martyr, the, let me take care of my business before I do anything for me. Let me make sure the kids are dealt with until I do me like, and then our kids are growing up seeing women put themselves last. So I think it's like, number one, how do you put yourself first and treat yourself like the person you love the most in the world? Right. And what does that mean? This idea around pleasure is our birthright to be a woman in her pleasure. We are, if like, if we want to have an anatomy conversation, we are literally two times, they have the capacity two times for pleasure than men, right? Like our bodies um, are built for pleasure and like sexual, sensual pleasure, but like pleasure, if we take it in the big, big sense of the word, yet it is the thing we are depriving of ourselves the most. Mm, Yeah. so it's that, it's that path, like teaching a, a, a girl how to uh, love her body mm-hmm. starts with learning to love yourself first. Right. So again, amen. Yeah. <laughs> and how do we do that? I think that's, as you're talking, I'm thinking, okay, for me, we mentioned something earlier and it's, I, I feel like slowing down for me, it's, I, my skin starts to crawl, like slowing down. What does that even mean? I don't know how to do that. That's uncomfortable for me. I've never known how to do that. It's like you work and go to school and then you work and you, you know, you get this work ethic so you can check all the boxes, like you said earlier. And then you have two jobs and now you have three kids and now you're, you know, doing all the things and it's like slowing down that, that sounds like not possible. And then couple that with, now you want me to slow down and you want me to have pleasure and you want me to, you know, have fun and figure that out. Like, I don't know, no, that's just too overwhelming. Let me get back to work and like get back to the grind because that part I know how to do, right? That That's where I'm comfortable now. It's how do you get out of that and be in the uncomfortable in order to realize that you're getting back to yourself. And I think you do a program, if I'm not mistaken, that helps women to kind of get to that. Can you talk a little bit about that program? Because I think I'm like the the main candidate as I'm talking through this. Oh my god, wait, Elizabeth! I'm so I like. I really just appreciate how you're like. I mean, why would I like pleasure and having fun and like slowing down? Right, like that is our society. That it's like hard for us to kind of have that and feel that. Right, feel like we need to be doing something quote unquote more important or more productive or more things. Right, so. Um, Yes. So, and a lot of it, I also wanted to speak about is intimacy through vulnerability, mm-hmm. right? Of the more truthful we are with ourselves in groups of women, groups of women are very powerful. The more we can feel we're not alone, the more we get closer to our own truth and we can hear, build connection there. So there's something about telling the truth mm-hmm. that is the first step towards intimacy. That is the first step towards kind of rewriting these stories. Um, but yeah, I host, um, I have a program, it's called the den and it is for women who want to get back to themselves, women who want to get clear on their desire, women who want to, um, be able to have more fun and build pleasure in their life and pleasure. The thing that turns me on the most is pleasure as a business strategy. I am constantly like, how do we do, how do we like, yes, make the money. Yes. Raise your kids, do all those things, but do it in a way that is way more fun than you've been doing. Right. So Mm -hmm. 
my program, the, the den is kind of like 101. And I yeah. just want to point that out with what Stephanie just said. She's not saying that we're like putting our business or whatever on the back burner. It's essentially reinventing the way you're doing it, right? Did I hear that correctly? You heard that. Oh, you heard that correctly. All no. right. <laughs> I was like, yeah, right. How do we work? You know, I now have, you know, 10 years ago when I was telling you about me, right? I was making $300,000, but I was six, 70 hours a week, like totally hating kind of a lot of things. Right. And like felt really bad and clenched and just like on that hamster wheel. And now I'm making that and more, uh, working 20 hours a week. I have like take client calls from the park and the things, right. I have completely reorganized, um, still have the same ambition, but I've just reorganized the how, how to do it. And thank you for sharing that because I think we often feel like that's just not possible, right? It's it's in order to achieve what you want to do, whether that's, you know, a dollar amount or a you know, certain title or whatever it is that it has to be this way. And I think your story right there shows that it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. Um I have a similar story where I'm doing the same and because I'm in the situation that I am though, I'm in that I don't want to use the word grind it out session part yeah. of it, but in a way that's how it feels, right? So I the way that I see it, it kind of ebbs and flows. I have this time of great freedom that I've had for 25 years and owning my own business and and working from wherever around the world that a lot of people are doing now with this new way of being. But at the same time, there are times I think that you you realize like I'm in a launch mode or I'm in a whatever mode and there's still a way to do that, I think, with grace and with this pleasure behind it, because I think just as you stated earlier, by reframing the question of how you show up is a simple way to move forward while you're still like killing it in whatever way that you want to be killing it, you know? Exactly. And I want to just add a little context around pleasure because yeah, if we're in launch mode, it's, it's a grind, right? You got to like be on, but also we're, we're, when I talk about pleasure, it's not just necessarily feeling good. It's how do you regulate your nervous system mm, right? when you huge. the shame spiral or you find yourself, how do you hit it, get it before it goes down all the way down? Right. Or how do you, if you hit a moment of freeze, how do you deal with freeze? Right. So that these hiccups or moments that would normally take us down, how do you learn to like navigate the emotional landscape, your nervous system, literally. And I'm assuming that once you've been doing that work, and I, I know it from my own business and life coaching for so long that you you don't hit those as much anymore, right? Because you know when it's coming, you know how you know you know the feelings inside of like, okay, this is going down that road. How do I self-regulate before it goes that way? Or your I always say your lows don't stay the time in your lows are not as long as they were before, or whatever it may be for you. Um, do you find that with the clients that you work with as well? Yeah, absolutely. I it's sort of like I it's not that it's like it doesn't happen. Shit happens. We're living. I mean, like yeah, the world we're totally. living. There is like no way around it, right? But it's how we deal with it, how mm -hmm. we process it, right? So um, I can speak in my life, right? I've had some really, really kind of tragic things happen that I have been able to navigate with such grace, like a queen, right? Like, so it's not like, oh, this thing's not going to take me down. Or I call a sister, I call a woman, right? Like I have 
tools. So a lot of the things is it's like, like you said, right. It's like shortens the time. It doesn't prevent, you can't like, who's going to sit here saying we can prevent anything in the world we live in, but how do we then deal with? So when things happen, we don't get thrown out with it. Yeah. So speaking of that, actually what brought us together initially was your fertility story and what you've been through um, with your own experience. Would you mind sharing that for those that are listening to just have your strength shared with others? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I have a 12 year old stepdaughter and a five and a half year old son, and we have been um, wanting to have another child uh, for about four years now. And, um, I've had seven miscarriages Mm, Gosh, and one of them last year was a late miscarriage. So that was at 16 weeks where I delivered and had to kind of go through that whole process. And, um, of course there was tragedy and there was huge, um, sadness around all of that, which was happening, but it was really a moment where I got to feel my power as a woman. I got to work the tools that I teach, right? Like it was, there was, I, I had 10 women on speed dial and I was filling them in, right? I shared, I had to lead a class while it was like in between when I delivered, right? When I found out the news, I didn't hold it in. I was able, I shared with the women, like I leaned into vulnerability, right? And I, I showed my power through my vulnerability, Um, I, um, bedazzled my like legs when I went to the hospital, right? Like I just, I like went in, I dressed up because I'm like, if I'm going to do this tragic thing, I'm going to do it with such like power as a woman. And, and, um, you know, I, I think I shared with you because it was so powerful. My healer that I was working with at a time, she said, you know, you're doing the most powerful thing a woman can do is you're giving birth to death. And it just made me realize the power of owning all the sides as women, right? We are creators. Every single thing that is man-made in this world has been created by a woman, whether it was a woman's hands on it or not, right? And we are also also destructors, right? Like we have both of these sides. And and so that experience, while tragic, was also incredibly profound and um, powerful in, in how much I know this work works. Yeah, I I'll never forget when you told me the story the first time and hearing you repeat it again just exudes so much strength and such a great vantage point for somebody else who may be going through it or maybe know somebody who will go through it in the future that they can share your story and say, "Hey, let's do it this way," right? Like, let's 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 not make a party of it, but essentially, I think you, that's even what you said to me. I, you used some word at the time initially that I was like, that's so cool. It, I can't remember the exact word you used, but essentially it was like, you had this group around you and you really, you know, found the strength in that, which was so beautiful. I had my best friend come to the hospital and like, she like chanted tribal songs. Like we were in a tribal ceremony, right? Like it yeah. was just like, again, it is like not avoiding what is happening and being honest. And I think especially around miscarriage, it is like this silent thing that we are carrying. Yeah. And no, there's not, thank God for what you do. Right. Cause it's like so few outlets. It was amazing. I, is when I started would share my story without doubt, there was one woman who'd be like, Oh, I know this woman is, or this happened to my sister. Oh, that's happened to this happened to me. This like, it is like an unspoken thing. And the more that we hide these truths, the more we're going to be in our own cages. And so there is something really, really powerful about just sharing our truth wherever it is. 
Because you don't know who else you're going to affect too, I think, right? So you don't have to hold it in and hold it yourself to say, keep it inside or whatever, right? So it's like both, it's a, it's a moment of connection. It's a moment of like freeing yourself from potential shame. It's a chance to like bond with another woman and who it could impact there, right? There's so Mm -hmm. much um, freedom in telling your stories. Yeah, that's why I always say my favorite quote is empowered women, empower women, because I I really feel like it's this collective domino effect of as we work together in whatever way that may, may be right and lifting somebody up in a late loss or their business or whatever it is. It's still this beautiful creation of sisterhood circling back to that yeah. in our failures and in our so trauma. Cool and are this right it is like just it doesn't take mean just good stuff there's so much depth in a human right and especially women so i recommend anybody who has gone through losses and or multiple losses and is kind of struggling to see how do i pull myself out of this find stephanie track her down find out about the programs that she offers because it's from the work that she's done that she's been able to find the strength through that and just have this incredible outlook of what that means for her life rather than feeling like such a victim in the situation of what's been happening. So I think that's amazing. And again, if you feel like you resonate with that, please look for Stephanie. Um, Circling back to your den, because I, again, I'm super interested in this and I know we don't have a lot more time, but how can people find out more information about this? What's, yeah, tell us more. Okay. So lioness.com lioness, like the animal, you just go there. It's very easy. And then on there, there's a tab. You can find out more about the den. Um, the next one launches, uh, in at April 13th, but the one's coming up so excited. Yeah. And it's a six week online program. I swear it is the most fun zoom party we can ever have. It's Yay. like good for it to like give you the juice for the rest of your week. And, um, yeah, it gives you space to talk about all about what you want. And uh, yeah, I can't wait. Is there anywhere else that people can find you other than at the Lioness? Yeah, Stephanie Redliner, um, Instagram, Lioness Leadership Instagram um, are the main best places. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Stephanie, and sharing your story and how you align with other women is just incredible. And thank you for showing up in the way that you do. Thank you, Elizabeth. I feel like we could talk for hours. I so. know, I know. We'll, we'll have to do it again t- sometime soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pretty Little Tribe podcast. Follow up on Instagram at the Pretty Little Tribe or at Elizabeth King underscore coaching for updates, resources, and a community to connect with. If you are looking for extra support and tools to guide you along your TTC and parenting journey, visit elizabethking.com. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast everywhere you're listening for a chance to receive a special gift. Visit elizabethking.com backslash pretty little tribe podcast for more information on how to enter. Any review counts. I just appreciate your honest feedback so I can provide you with the best support possible in your TTC and parenthood journey. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week.